Welcome to uh, Burris Law Life, friends, whatever we're calling this one. Uh, in this uh, episode today, we have a uh, law life friend and colleague. So uh, introduce yourself if you don't mind. My name is Nicole Castro. Um, Nikki, to the people who like me. All right, Nikki, we're going to talk to you today. Uh, I feel like you have a very interesting story to tell, and I think you honestly have an inspirational story to tell. I would uh, love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Um, you're doing some interesting things starting this fall, but you've had a very interesting life story leading up to this point. So we're going to spend the next little bit just kind of talking to you, talking about you, uh, giving you a chance to kind of tell the listeners your story. So First of all, uh, where were you born? Um, I was born in Louisville, Denton right. County. So Louisville, Denton County. Uh, I know it's rude to ask women uh, their age, so I won't out you, but is it fair to say you're still in your 20s? I'm 24. All right. So I guess uh, at, at that age, there's not a whole lot of fuss over the uh, women's age thing. So uh, 24 odd years ago, you were born in Louisville, Texas, correct? All right. So tell me a little bit about what life was like growing up. Um, okay. Um, I grew up in the foster care system. When I was a baby, I was actually um, born addicted to drugs. Um, so my birth mother was addicted to drugs when she was pregnant with me. And um, that's how I was born. Um, at that point is not when I got taken away and put into foster care, though. Um, so she got custody back. Um, we lived with her, you know, in and out of hotels and, you know, halfway house type things. Um, and then got taken away for good when I was about seven. And from then I bounced around different foster homes, um, group homes, things like that. Um, mostly in the DFW area. There was a time when we were in South Carolina for a bit with a family, an adoption that fell through. It goes like that. Um, when you grow up in foster care, a lot of families only sign up to take kids for certain periods of time. So you could have a family that would say, yeah, we have space in our house for three kids for, you know, maybe a year or maybe six months and they'll place you there. Um, the difficulty was that I have five siblings. Um, so in the beginning, keeping us together was really important to them. And then as we got older, we eventually had to be split up because there's just not a lot of families that can accommodate that many kids. Um, so my two brothers got adopted by a different family. And then me and my two sisters got adopted by a different family and then eventually given back. So put back into the foster care system from the family that adopted us. Um, me and my older sister have actually been on our own. So we got kicked out, slash left, slash ran away type thing when I was 15. So I've been on my own since high school. Um, lived with friends, slept where I could, played sports, um, did that. So that, that was my um, childhood and upbringing. But school was always really important to me. I felt like um, it was always a center of stability um, where I was moving around so much. It was an area of my life that I had a lot of control over and I could succeed that way. 
All right. Thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. Um, and I knew a little bit about that stuff. That's why I wanted to do this interview. Um, you hear um, people that are not brought up in the foster system. You hear about the foster system. You hear about the, just the system. And that can mean different things to different folks. But it's not often that you get an opportunity to talk to somebody and work with somebody and get to know somebody well who's actually been through that. And I appreciate you sharing that with us and giving us some of that insight. Um, that, that I mean, that is just that is heartrending stuff. Uh, and, and I did not, and I told you this before we got started, I did not, and I do not intend for this to be a poor pitiful me uh, situation. Cause I know you don't feel that way about it, but I think it is a very important for our listeners to understand the reality of, of what that world looks like. And, You'd never know it whenever you meet somebody. You have no idea what their background looks like. You know, you meet people, and some folks have just wonderful parents who treat them very well, and some folks don't get that lucky of a draw. Uh, Some folks are lucky enough to get to go live with grandma and grandpa whenever they get that unlucky draw, and some other folks, unfortunately, end up having to go through through the system as you did. you know, it's, it sounds like there was definitely some rough ups and downs, but it sounds like school was maybe the, the consistent thing throughout your life at that time. Is that fair? Yes, that's fair. Uh, tell me what kind of grades you got through high school. What interested you in, in high school and what high school you went to? Um, I went to Prosper High School. Um, I played sports. I played basketball. I did powerlifting. I ran track. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. Um, yeah, I made great grades in school, A's, sometimes B, mostly A's, um, got a lot of academic scholarships to go to college, um, got, um, sports scholarships, got a full ride to run track at Sam Houston State, um, which I did not do because I got pregnant. Um, but yeah, school was, uh, where I focused on all of my time, my energy, From middle school when I started sports to, I mean, really now I still focus a lot of my time and energy on school. I I get it. And for the next few years, you're going to have to. Yeah, my my grandfather only went to the eighth grade. He could read and write, but that was about it. Uh, He dropped out because it was the Great Depression. It was Oklahoma and he had to go to work. And uh, my grandmother, who he was married to, I think she might have made it to the 10th grade. Uh, ironically enough, both of them were huge on education, and they were, you know, we grew up in the hayfields of southern Oklahoma, days that were as hot, and by the way, it's 100 degrees outside as we are uh, filming this. Uh, I've spent more days in barns in this kind of weather than I care to remember, and the drone in the back of my head all the time was, you boys better do good in school so you don't have to do this kind of stuff when you're grown up. Grown up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that, that always, that's something that interests me a lot. You know, I, I came from, like I said, this, the hayfields of southern Oklahoma, but I had the same motivation to get out as I hear Jay-Z talking about, I had to get out of Cabrini Green. I had to get out of the project. I had to get out. I, I get that. Um, do you, did you, 
first of all, does that resonate with you? Uh, is that something that you felt um, like, like, obviously you're very bright. You knew that you had gotten a rough deck of cards dealt to you. Um, tell me about those feelings of, of, you know, here's what happened to me and here's what I'm going to do about it. And did you have that same feeling of I've got to do something to get out of this? Yeah, I did. Um, starting probably in like middle school, it was, you know, I have to do really well. I have to go to college. I have to, you know, decide that I'm going to do something. And I wanted to be a lawyer throughout my childhood, but it was never something that I like actively thought I was going to pursue. College is expensive. You know, it takes a long time to get there. And so really it was just getting good grades, being able to go to school and being able to make a comfortable living was my goal. And I knew that the only way that I could see myself doing that was through my education. And I mean, I'm the first generation high school graduate in my family. So going to college wasn't something that was ever expected or anybody thought that I would ever do. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a way that I saw out. <clears throat> All right. Good deal. So as we sit here right now, uh, what is your current highest level of education? I have a bachelor's degree. And where'd you get your bachelor's from and in what? Um, UNT, it's a, it's a bachelor's of applied arts and sciences, and I minored in business administration and legal studies. Do you know what your GPA was when you graduated from undergrad? Um, it was at 3.89. Oh, I was afraid of that. Um, I actually went to college on a full academic scholarship that required me to keep a 3.25 or better grade point average in order to keep my scholarship. And I graduated with a 3.26. Thank you very much. You did it. I was as efficient as I possibly could have been and still uh, kept the scholarship. Um, it's funny. You're, I think you're the third person today that I've asked the GPA question to. Griffin was present for the first two, and I've come in third every single time. <laughs> which it's okay. Which is perfectly okay. The it truth becomes is, less important as you move past Exactly it. where I was headed with that. You will hear this if you have not already. When you get into law school, um, the the A students make professor. Or excuse me, the A students. Yeah, the A students make professors. The B students make uh, judges, and the C students make the money. Um, I, I remember hearing that. I I think largely that seems to ring true. Those of us that were destined for uh, either being a stand-up comic or a preacher or a used car salesman ended up, well, well let me go be a trial lawyer. Whereas the people <coughs> who maybe they were destined to be a CPA or something or maybe an engineer, well, they're, they're probably doing taxes or they're writing contracts. So do you have an idea of like what it is that you're wanting to do as a lawyer? Um, I will say that when I started working in the legal fields, I worked at a firm that did um, like business law, did a lot of forming LLCs, M&A work, things like that. And it wasn't an area of interest that I knew that I wanted to practice. Um, so even though I loved that firm and I loved who I worked with, I, you know, moved on to work somewhere else, trying to find my area of interest. I worked in estate planning um, I've worked in family law, 
And from all the areas of law that I've worked, I think that personal injury has been an area of the most interest for me. So that's interesting at such a young age that you've been able to get that much experience in that many different areas of the law. Talk to us a little bit about why you feel like personal injury interests you more than some of those other areas. Um, I think that I thought that my area of interest was going to be in family law because I grew up around a lot of attorneys. You know, when you're in foster care, you go in front of a judge a lot to make decisions about your life. And I felt like as I got older, I realized that they could have advocated for me a little more and they didn't. And I felt like if I could be that advocate for somebody that I would want to do that. Um, But then being in family law, I realized that it's just adult babysitting and divorces are the worst to be in the middle of. And it was just not a fun experience. But in personal injury, you still get that ability to help people and to make a difference in people's lives without, I feel like, all the drama and being like a middleman, per se. I like so it. I've really enjoyed that aspect. That makes sense. Uh, I've, I've been practicing law literally your entire life. I did a little bit of family law. I've done a little bit of criminal law. I've done um, insurance defense for 10 or 11 years. And the rest of my career, I have been representing hurt people like what we do every day. Um, I think you are wise beyond your years to see it the way that you see it. And I think that you're likely going to have more fun and less headaches uh, going the the personal injury route relative to those other things that we talked about earlier. All right, so words of wisdom that you may have for a youngster that is out there wondering, is there any chance, do I have a way of getting out of my current situation? Um, You've been that kid, right? So what would you tell, what would you tell you at 16? Um, That, and I still live by this, that putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and always being in a room with somebody smarter than you can teach you a lot. And uh, making decisions that scare you usually turn out in your benefit. I like it. That is is fantastic. One of the things um, my gramps used to say when I was a kid, he's like, "The, the hero is just as scared as the coward. Yes. Right? I was like, what are you talking about, old man? He says, they're both just as afraid, but one of them runs away and one of them does what needs to be done. That's the only difference. I almost didn't apply to law school because I I have a one-year-old. Yep. So like right when I was taking my entrance exams, I was pregnant. I was like, I'm right about to have a baby. But I was like, man, I've made it this far. I might as well just take the test and see where it goes. Well, tell us about your family situation real quick. You married? Um, I am married. You got kids? I do. I have two boys. Okay. Um, I had my first when I was a senior in high school. Well, I didn't have him when I was a senior. I got pregnant when I was a senior in high school. I had him when I was 18. Um, I'm married to his dad. We just had a second, another boy. He just turned one. So So let's, let's, let's list off all the excuses you had for not succeeding. Foster kid, in the system, adopted given back on your own since an early age, pregnant as a teenager, 
right? Two kids before your 25th birthday. That's uh, that's seven excuses that you could have easily written off any one of those and go, you know what? Uh, This just isn't for me. I'm not going to go down this route. It's too hard. There's too many hurdles. Right. Why did you overcome each one of those hurdles whenever other folks didn't? What's the difference? I think before I had my first kid, my motivation was to get out of, um, like, what my family has been through for myself. But then after I had um, my first son, it was really, like, you know, I couldn't eat. It put a whole new perspective on what I'd been through as a kid. Because now as a mom, I could never imagine, like, treating my own kids that way. You know, I could never imagine that anything would be more important to me than the boys. Right. So now my motivation is not only for myself, but for the my kids as well. Um, and my husband has a unique um, upbringing as well, so we kind of share that perspective. For Tell us about that a little bit. Um, he wasn't born here, um, but all of his siblings were. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he was kind of put in a situation where... He had to just work a little bit harder, um, wasn't given, like, as much grace in situations, wasn't able to, like, work as well as his brothers could. Um, And so he has kind of, like, that family unit idea also for the boys, and he's really supportive of what I want to do. So... Um, I don't have parents to help me with my kids. I don't have, like, um, that support system behind me. So he's that support system for me. He really steps up with school events for the kids, taking them to doctor's appointments, which I hear a lot of guys don't do. Um, (laughs) He does. He does it. He'll take them to get their shots. He'll take them to their doctor's appointments. He'll drive them where they need to be. Takes them to play soccer at night at the park if I need to study or take a test. Well, that's fantastic. All right. About done. About want to wrap up here. Talk to me in this last little section here about the decision to go on to law school. Because I know, because I've known you during the time that you were making this decision. I have seen you suffer with this. I would love for you to tell the ladies and gentlemen at home a little bit about your thought process of because you were kind of on again, off again. Do I go to this school? Do I go to that school? Do I go at all? Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, man. I think it really just came down to finances, unfortunately, um, and the area where I live. So um, there's not a lot of options. You're either going to SMU, um, UNT, and downtown Dallas. Um, A&M's a bit of a drive, but was an option. And then... Um, St. Mary's has an online program, so that was an option for me as well. And I got accepted into the St. Mary's online program um, and UNT, and those were where I was bouncing back and forth. I was really struggling with online school would be more convenient, but I'm not sure I would be as successful doing online school in And everybody has given me the advice that law school is such a different experience than your undergrad. It's a different way to do school. It's a different way of learning. It's, you know, it's not a math class. It's you have to relearn how to write and think 
you know, like a lawyer. And I was really struggling because I wanted to go to like a prestigious school like that everyone's heard of, like St. Mary's. It's a really nice school. But I just wasn't sure that I would succeed in an online environment like that. So So what did you ultimately decide to do? I ultimately decided to go to UNT. So now I'll be in person, in night class, five days a week. So Monday through Thursday and then Saturday mornings. All right. How, How long is that going to take? I'm hoping to do it in three years. It's a four-year program, but if you if you go summers, you can maybe speed it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll pick up like winter classes and summers and speed it up. For what it's worth, I went to OU. Um, No one has ever cared where I went to law school. No one has ever asked me what my class rank was. I don't know what my class rank was. I honestly have no idea. <clears throat> no one's ever t- asked me um, what my ranking was taking the bar. I have been asked how many cases I've tried. I have been asked whether I'm licensed in federal court. There's practical things that matter a whole lot more than uh, than the things that you're told to think matter. Um, coming out of high school, oh, what college you go to is the biggest thing in the world. My brother just bought my dad a classic car for his birthday. You have never heard of any of the schools that my brother went to school at. Makes not a bit of difference. So get the ticket, get in there, and then uh, start learning what you can actually do is is my strong advice. And don't worry too much about (coughs) the so-called prestige of this or that or the other organization. So... Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate sitting here at Vista with you. I uh, am hopeful that somebody's going to hear this and they're going to think to themselves, I have been feeling sorry for myself unnecessarily. I have been perceiving barriers that are in my way, which are insurmountable, which are not. And if they don't believe it, go back and watch this thing again and pay very close attention because I promise you there's been barriers overcome here today that probably uh, make what you've dealt with pale in comparison. I'm proud of you. I'm tickled that you got into law school. I look forward to seeing how you uh, continue to develop. And thank you again for having a visit with us today. Thank you. All right. Any parting shots before we go? I know. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) 